Hey everyone, welcome to Locked on Lakers for Thursday. Brian Kamenetsky and Andy Kamenetsky. Andy, we are elimination plus one, and the fingers are already starting to point at each other for why we are in the situation we are in in Lakerland. We'll unpack all of that stuff next. You are Locked on Lakers. Your daily Los Angeles Lakers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks to everybody for making Locked On Lakers your first listen of every day, Monday through Fridays, and sometimes on weekends. We get something up right hand early for you. Always fresh Lakers content, Andy, no matter how you get your podcast or where you get your podcast, and we will never ever make it make you pay for it what's nope. management makes a different choice but that has nothing to do with us um well, it's it's not going to be right now at least for this particular podcast that would feel like a saucy move <laughs> <laughs> between now and when we publish yes. um somebody send us an email well, I, please i think i think if i had to get i don't know everything about the inner workings and who decides ultimately the business models but i'm gonna guess that before they decide to put this particular podcast behind a paywall the lakers are going to need to be 500. <laughs> it's a, that's the incentive it's like it's a weird version it's a weird version of the taco promotion yeah i don't, I don't want to tell i don't want to tell david Locke how to do his job because lord knows he has built something really successful from the ground up it's very oh, impressive yeah. Now's not the time, David. <laughs> it's just not the time. <laughs> Read the room. Read the room. Um, all right. So I, it's not the exact meaning of the Spider-Man meme, of course, Andy, but there's just in terms of the fingers, a lot of fingers pointing at different people or whatever. Uh, the Lakers have reached that, uh, that, and it took about no, a it's, day. It's like, it's not it's, you, you, you like, Hey, it's you. Hey, no, it's you. No, no it's, it's you. you. No, it's you. Yeah. no, it's you. No, it's you. Yeah. It is finger <laughs> pointing right, right now that's it's what's not happening. me it's not it's it's the opposite of it's not me or you it's me no 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 it's you um yeah, so everybody we'll, we'll, we'll get to right that now. um i one of the interesting things though uh about the final three games of this season is the idea of lebron james and whether or not he is going to try to qualify for a scoring title technically speaking he can do it without playing in the final three games but it's convoluted and weird the cleanest way LeBron plays in two of the final three qualifies and it, it obviously scores more than Joe LMB. This is really kind of a two-part question. Do you think he would do it? Uh, maybe three parts. Do you think he, you, you do you care if he does it? Do you think it's okay? And then more most important to me, how do you think Lakers fans would react to LeBron missing these two games that eliminated the Lakers from contention for the playoffs and then showing up totally obviously nakedly only to win a scoring title answer them in any order you would like i mean okay i would say first things first in terms of whether or not he should do this um practically speaking i am somebody i've made this point before that is uh, of the belief that there is a reservoir of minutes <laughs> and like a reservoir of production and there is an element of borrowed time for LeBron, even as somebody that age, at age 37 has put himself in contention for a scoring title, which is effing incredible. <laughs> like that, I mean, that really remove everything that's happened with this season, how disappointing it is. It's amazing. 
Um, mm -hmm. I still think that if you're going to do this, you have to consider the pragmatic elements of A, are you potentially putting yourself at injury risk because LeBron has not been playing because of that ankle. And I'm not doubting the severity of it, but you know, you are potentially walking a pretty tight line of, hey, couldn't play in those games before. Now I'm able to play. And it might be legitimate. It might have taken that long. Oh, that was a the... nasty, nasty yes. injury. Yes, it was. And he was and, clearly and... hobbled when he did come back. Right. I, I'm, I'm not even... I, I want to make it clear. I'm not trying to cast doubt on whether or not LeBron could have played in those games or not. I'm just saying what it will look like. Uh -huh. I think there needs. To, I think there needs to be a minutes limit on some level. Too. Like I don't think LeBron should play 43 minutes overtime where we are right now in pursuit of this title because I don't want to see him putting himself at that type of risk. Do I think? Do I think he might do it? Yeah, I think he might. I don't think it's necessarily a given, but I think he might. Do I think fans? Do I think fans will enjoy it? Probably not. Do I think they will be livid? Probably depends on how well he plays. Like if he sort of scrapes his way to 30, I think I he, he might say, Ironically, like if he comes out and just crushes it, I could almost see people being angry. Yes. Like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> right. Like, how much did your ankle heal up between the Phoenix loss and Thursday, <laughs> oh my! Play, oh, if he plays, you know, like, like if he played today, like, and again, to be clear, forty-eight hours can help. Mm -hmm. Like it absolutely can help, but it is optically complicated. <laughs> put it that way, complicated. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, he'd almost be better off, like you say, just sucking. And like <laughs> you need LeBron James needed fifty-two shots to get to thirty-one points today, or whatever it is. But but then you start getting to you got the energy to put up fifty-two. We so we watched Kobe in his final game when when he put up fifty shots. Mm -hmm. I believe that was a career high for Kobe's entire career, including yeah. like overtimes. You know, peak Mamba, the thirty-five point per game two thousand six season. Kobe had never put up 50 shots. Like, I remember, you know, I talked about this. Which was a little surprising. It, it was kind of surprising. <laughs> but but I mean, not once. Okay, for real. It, when Kobe was heading into that last game, if you had said to me, what is more likely to happen? Kobe puts up 50 shots or scores 60 points. I'd have said 60 points. In a husband, no, because there's no way he's physically capable of putting up 50 shots in a game. I did not think he could do that at that stage of his career. Like 50 Do you think shots. he did? I don't think so. No, no, he's, actually. I mean, he seemed surprised by it after the game. He said he was surprised <laughs> after the game. That's what I'm saying. He, yeah, even with the expe expectation of, all right, Kobe's going to be putting up some shots. It's his last game. Everybody's here to see him do that. 50 was a lot. I didn't think he was physically capable of it. You know, if LeBron puts up 50 shots, people are going to be like, dude, seriously? There's, no, there's kind right. of a can't win. There's a there's a tight needle here to thread. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't think my mindset here is the same. <laughs> kind of needs to go 11 for 11 from behind the arc and sit out. <laughs> sit. 11 for 11 in 14 minutes. And yeah. he's done. Yeah. He just needs um, to go on a heater. <laughs> <and> <laughs> Like NBA Jam, he's red hot. <laughs> I mean, really, but 
like I, I am I am I think of different mind than a lot of Lakers fans would be on this and like in the sense that I think it's fine like I the guy wants to like he's done a lot in his career he's only won one scoring title and he made it clear earlier in the year like it bugs him that people do not think of him as a premier scorer in NBA history and I think part of the reason is he's past first guy he's magic not Michael and all that stuff but it's also because he's only won one score title and you know guys who are transcendent score you think of them as people who have won scoring titles i think it's okay to have individual goals i think he would have played if he was capable yeah and i but i also saw a lot of the kobe would have played and i also saw a lot of the you know all that like and so the i this is one of those moments where kind of the mythology of kobe bumps into the realities of LeBron that you are not really one of us and mm-hmm. you know, we respect you and we love you when you're, you know, what, you know, love the championship. I don't think Lakers fans dislike LeBron, but there's not that level of sort of institutional loyalty to him. And so something like this, I think, whereas Kobe wouldn't have had to worry about optics LeBron to the extent that he even cares about them. And I don't actually think he does. And I don't blame him. The optics won't work. I mean, you know, to, to the point you made about Kobe and then uh, we can move forward. Mm-hmm. Laker fans definitely. I don't necessarily want to say definitely because I think there have been a lot of misgivings among Laker fans about the effect of LeBron on this organization, the power that he has over it and clutch and stuff like that. And there are a lot of people we hear from that think that is damaging for the organization in certain respects. It might be. Um, But even if they don't dislike LeBron, even if they like LeBron, they loved Kobe, Mm -hmm. loved Kobe. And LeBron is not loved that way. The other thing, though, I will say to be fair to LeBron with the idea of Kobe would have played through it, it is important to note that LeBron has played 6,000 or so more minutes than Kobe. Mm -hmm. That matters. That's Kobe, period. Not Kobe just post-Achilles. I'm talking talking playoff minutes, regular Mm -hmm. season minutes. LeBron has played 6,000-something minutes more. I'm not saying that definitively means that Kobe wouldn't have played if he had those same 6,000. Not saying one thing or the other. I'm just saying you have to consider Or the same that. injury. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying you have to consider this. Yeah. 6,000 minutes is like three extra seasons worth of minutes. And LeBron's LeBron, always played 19 of them. LeBron has a pretty good track record of playing when he can. Um, yep. And I think Kobe had a pretty good track record of playing when he can. Yep. Um, those guys take that very seriously. Um, yep. Both of them to their credit. Yep. Um, all right. Enough of that, Andy. Let's get to the part that we really like. Pointing fingers. Yep. Um, because it started and it's it's not going to stop. It's not going to stop. It's not going to stop <laughs> until we hit this button. All right. <laughs> we'll do that and then we'll talk finger pointing next. Locked on Lakers brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Right now, Masters going on. you got great championship odds plus podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. they got big MLB previews for the AL and NL. And, you know, like everyone, they're big on the Dodgers right now, but they're also intrigued by the Padres and the Giants. The NL West could be an absolute bloodbath. And no mention of the Angels among the top teams in the AL, despite having Mike Trout and Shohei Atani on the same team. 
Yikes. Uh, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay. Um, so uh, there was a little bit of finger pointing from Frank Vogel. There was some uh, implied finger pointing in a new story from Eric Pincus on kind of where the Lakers might go from here. Um, there was pointing to injuries. Which finger would you like to start with, Andy? I, you know, it's it is Thursday or Wednesday was your birthday. This is my gift to you. Because <laughs> um, I'm a start. cheap bastard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to say it right now. You got you got me a very very nice gift, and I appreciate it. Um, well, a man who turns 75 deserves a nice gift. Thank you. Um, let's start with Frank Vogel. Just because, first of all, I want to give a shout out to our friend Bill Oram, who managed to catch up with Frank after the Phoenix loss, got some exclusive, I think it was phone time with him. And Frank went on record in ways that he has been passive aggressively kind of hinting at over the course of this season, but never this overt. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to see Frank Vogel go there. So let's start with that. All right, so Bill noted the the comment from from Frank um, regarding the Lakers' defense. Um, they entered Tuesday's game uh, 23rd in defensive rating, which seems high. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think that game helped, so perhaps they fell down. Um, it is worth noting that the, even as much of a tire fire as last year became, the Lakers still finished with a very highly ranked defense. Did they finish mm-hmm. at number one? I don't remember. No, um, I don't believe so. But it was but top. They, they they clung to number one way longer than they had any right to. Absolutely. Um, this year they couldn't do it, and this was uh, the quote that that got everyone's attention: the habit building. There was a lot to make up with, and this isn't just about injuries. This is about like you know. Think about the context. Guys that did not have great defensive habits. You know what I mean? So you coach it on a daily basis and you push them to be accountable. But there was just a lot to overcome with this year's team. That's not we were injured a lot. That's not we just didn't have a lot of continuity. Those things matter. But what that quote says is I was given a bunch of guys who are crap defenders. And what do you want me to do with that? Like I have to drill into them overcoming often careers worth talking Russell talking uh uh you know mellow you know whatever monk some of those careers are really long some of them are a little shorter like I'm trying to undo and and to be fair guys like mellow and Malik Monk I think really leaned into what was being asked of them but I think that and that I think reinforces the point Vogel is trying to make I cannot make chicken salad out of chicken bleep and I was given a lot of defensive chicken bleep this year, and it's hard to argue with him. Uh, if I may add another quote from Frank Vogel in this story with Bill Orman, people should definitely check it out because, like I said, if nothing else, it is more candid than you will really ever see Frank Vogel uh, with yeah, this Andy, team. a uh, man who knows he is not long right. for the gig. So, well, uh, he's, he's only going to have so many more opportunities to be this candid as the coach of the Lakers because... Right. That ends, I believe, Monday or Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday of next week. Unfortunately, that's the way it we is. Already, we have pre-taped our emergency pod. The nature, this is a quote from Frank Vogel, the nature of how our offensive pieces fit together didn't allow us to play with the defensive size and positional mm-hmm. size that I typically like to have that give us 
that type of defensive success. So there are a lot more smaller lineups to open up the floor because of how our offensive pieces fit. Trying to make the offense work compromised our defense directly. Yep. That's the thing. But you know, this even, and again, I am not trying to be revisionist history. I'm not trying to pretend that I called this disaster from the beginning. I thought the Lakers would win the Western Conference. Thought they'd be a little healthier than this. And, you know, so I'll copy. They were not going, they were, they were, they would have been worse than my expectation, even if things had gone better. I 100% missed that. But one thing we did point out is they were going to need some things to, you know, it was going to be a long time to figure it out because they had very few two way players. Mm-hmm. When they got rid of KCP, when they got rid of Caruso, when they got rid of, you know, Kuzma, Kuzma and KCP particularly, they got rid of their two-way guys who could give you a little offense, who could give you a little defense. With the, these Lakers, you had to choose. I mean, hell, and as it turned out, you mostly had to choose between different offensive guys because none of them, other than, I guess, Reeves, were any good at defense. I mean, they seemed disinterested in bringing back a guy like Wes Matthews. Wes Matthews would have given them some two-way play. Like, you know, even, even somebody like him who's been sort of forgotten and would have been inexpensive. They didn't target someone like him. And so there was, there was a lot of that. And I think, you know, two Lakers fans, the frustration that they felt with a lot of the lineups that that Vogel would put out there, I this this gets back to my the point I was making, I think it was earlier in the week, might have been last week. They were all, they, they were focused so much on which poison Frank Vogel was picking and not focused on the fact that all of these options were poisonous and would kill you. Um, you know, and so... Did he optimize the lineups? No, but when you play Malik Monk, you have to have some sort of contingency to make up for Malik's defensive shortcomings. And I know he was trying, but he's not a good defender. He's just not. And effort makes up for some of it, but it does make up for all of it. Mello tried. His his limitations are obvious. And so if you're going to play Mello, and you need to because somebody's got to stretch the floor and somebody's got to score, well, then you got to compensate somewhere else if you can't. And, you know, folks, that's Avery Bradley. And we can argue about whether or not he's a, an effective choice, but that's part of the reason is, you know, and I, I don't think he's wrong about any of these points that he's making. He was given bad guy, bad players to work with from a defensive standpoint and the directive to try to fix the offense catastrophically tanked the defense, which yeah. also didn't help the offense either. No, the and, offense and was also bad. Look, I don't think Frank Vogel did as good a job of playing a bad hand as he could have. I think he, at times, was yep. stubborn with doing things he wanted to do, like, for example, staying big as a first choice. Brian, you may recall, heading into the season, I was very openly skeptical at the idea, I don't care how much we heard about AD as the primary center of this team, I kept saying, I need to see it to believe it. They did not sign both Dwight Howard and DeAndre Jordan for one of those guys to be primarily the third stringer. I don't buy it. Like I, I just and turned well, out. Well, I mean, injuries did have something to do with that at the beginning of the year. Like they right, were but, out of bigs, but but I don't I think I don't think that's what they were going to do. But the front office gave Frank Vogel a roster that was basically the bizarro version of what you would call a Frank Vogel roster, and. Mm-hmm. In the best case scenario, that was them giving real props and, I guess, respect to Frank Vogel's ability to make any roster good defensively and them also 
acknowledging, rightly, the offense needs to get better. It struggled even at times when they won a championship. But it also reflects, and this is something that's going to become relevant when the Lakers look for whoever it is that's going to replace Frank Vogel, this was them not empowering their coach in part because, as you and I have said a lot, Brian, I don't think they really care that much about empowering a coach. But you know, I don't even – I don't know how much they care about who – unless it's like Phil, somebody like Phil Jackson's level. I'm not sure they care how much or how much about getting the coach. I think for sure they have no idea – what they want. Okay, but let me ask you this before. Let me ask you this before. I, I, I totally agree with that, but before, then we'll break out of this. I, don't you think to some degree there was a little bit of, well, Frank can just take whatever we got here and, and he'll just fix it. Frank will fix it. It's fine. Um, like Frank's really good at defense. Look what he did last yes. year when everybody got hurt. Yeah. And so like they both devalued him but also just assumed that he was brilliant enough to, you know, or, or, or talented enough with, with that stuff to figure it out. It's very weird. It's, it's weird, but at the same time, though, like for as much respect as they may have had for his defensive acumen, they couldn't have valued it that much because they gave him the fake extension. You know what I mean? Like there, there are so many conflicting. Messages. No, no, I, I agree with you. But I'm saying it's it's the, the contradiction is they devalued Frank and they devalue his, um, his value to the organization broadly, uh, certainly his long term value, while apparently seeming to overestimate and overvalue his ability to make literally any collection of NBA players into a good defense. Okay. It's just, Brian, it's, it's just a weird, it's a weird contradiction. Yeah, it is a weird contradiction. And coming up before we get into part due of what is clearly now finger pointing season, um, there's an irony that hit me with who's at fault you 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 (laughs) like yeah you know what no nobody has just been saying right now i've made a huge mistake (laughs) (laughs) nobody is just willing to say that you can already see everybody is just looking to (laughs) point the fingers at everyone else but but as we get into this search for frank vogel's replacement there's an irony that dawned on me (laughs) yesterday that I want to share before, again, we get into the uh, the next part of finger pointing. So we'll talk about that next. People really should watch the, uh, the YouTube version. All right, we'll get to all that next. Okay, so they're going to be looking for a new coach. And assuming... <laughs> Are you, you sure? Am I supposed to yes and through that? Or no, I, I'm just... I'm, I'm just willing to play along. Point. Okay, I'm go setting ahead. up my point. All right. They're going to be looking for a new coach, Brian. And assuming, as it all indications would uh, put out there, they want to stay in the LeBron James business, which would mean getting him to commit to an extension. He has one more year remaining on his contract. Could get another two years. LeBron is going to have some say in this. Maybe they don't just say to him, who do you want? That's who we hire. But LeBron's voice is going to matter, as it has with everything. Mm -hmm. they could have actually had LeBron's number one coach in hand right now, the guy that they saw as LeBron's coach, Ty Lue. They had a cake. Still under contract. (laughs) They got a cake. 
a guy who is considered one of the best coaches in the league. Frankly, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but he's better than the dude they hired instead of him, Frank Vogel. Yes, he is. Yep. He is as good or better as anybody they likely will get to replace Vogel. And because they were so, you know, they they did not want to give him the five-year deal that they had just given Luke Walton, even though Ty Lu was more established, better credentials than Luke. They didn't want to give him the five-year deal that Monty Williams got in Phoenix. You know, the Lakers met with Monty. Monty chose Phoenix, but I'm sure something like that played a role in it. Now they're going to be looking for somebody different that LeBron is going to have to be happy with. And they could have just had that guy anyway, and he would have been really good. And they're in this situation because they are shockingly bad at hiring coaches. Here's something that Eric Pincus has a story out um, on Bleacher Report, you know, who we just had on. It's still just a phenomenal show, which <laughs> We'd bring I believe, him every day if we could. <laughs> well, but I, in all seriousness, I, I think that show is still, if you subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Locked on Lakers YouTube channel, um, you can, on the channel, there is a podcast that we have pinned to the top of it. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure that Pincus podcast is pinned to the top of our page. So if you missed it, it's easy to find. Mm -hmm. By the way, it's evergreen. <laughs> like that thing is going to be relevant. Mm -hmm. It's the only podcast we've ever done that is going to be, that wasn't just an interview with somebody about like something, you know, that happened 50 years ago that is going to be relevant for the next like six months. No, um, it's, a, it's a good interview. But he, he had a nugget in there about, for example, if they, the fire, new article, the new, yeah, article. The new article, in the new article, um, which I believe Andy, you tweeted out earlier on, uh, on Wednesday. At Cam Brothers. That, you know, they might go after Doc Rivers. If he gets fired in Philly, we could spend a week on that. Uh, presumably will. They also would go after Quinn Snyder, which we talked about after the Utah game last week. Um, but Former that, Laker assistant. Yes. That Quinn would be also up for the San Antonio job if uh, Pop retires. And my initial thought was, I'd rather have the San Antonio job. If I'm Quinn Snyder, who doesn't seem like a guy who is desperate to coach LeBron, desperate to coach, like, but like wants a good job um, where he can make the right amount of money and succeed. You know, he's worked for the Jazz for a long time. Like, the, you go from the Jazz to the Spurs, that seems like a fairly, you know, congruent kind of thing. I, I'd rather have that gig. I not just because of like the LA's too hot. Like I, I like that roster. I like the future of it. They've got draft picks and they have a coherent structure in their front office. They value coaches. Um, they have a support system. They they make sense in what they do. They're not weird. They don't have the Rambi. They don't, I mean, all that stuff makes and it's weird thing to say i guess to some people that why would you want to coach the spurs instead of coaching lebron james and the lakers but i don't think it's that weird <laughs> this is something it something wasn't was a in... nugget from from uh from bill uh, from the the pinkus article which contains we'll, a moment of finger pointing andy but it just we'll get to in it. terms of talking about the coaching this is one of the things that that jumped out at me well, uh, to underscore the point that you're making, uh, also over at Bleacher Report, Jake Fisher, great reporter, friend of the pod. He's been on with us before. There, There's a nugget in a piece that he had that I believe came out on the 5th of April 
about the eventual coaching search. And let me read this part of it. Multiple league figures contract, contacted by Bleacher Report referenced the possibility that Lakers senior basketball advisor Kurt Rambis returns to the sideline after several previous coaching stops in the league, including an interim stint as Lake, uh, Los Angeles head coach. However, Rambis is said to be an integral figure in the front office, unlikely to resume a coaching role. On one hand, that's good news because I don't think anybody thinks that Kurt Rambis should be on the coaching staff. It's been bad enough that he occasionally decides that he needs to sit in on this stuff and offer suggestions. But the fact okay, that narc. It, the fact that it actually needs to be clarified mm -hmm. at all because people have been wondering, hey, Kurt Rambis, could he be a part of this? Speaks to, Brian, why you think Quinn Snyder might actually prefer a Spurs gig. That it actually has to be spelled out at all. Some of the stuff because <laughs> that's not so ridiculous. You and shouldn't assume it would happen. Right, it's not always fair. Not everything with the lay part of the gig. There are a lot of good things. A lot of good things that come with being, uh, you know, the Lakers GM of the Lakers front office. Like some of them being LeBron James just decides that he wants to come play for your team, and you don't have to do much about it. He just lands the plane. Just get the crap off the runway. Let LeBron land the plane, and he will. Um. But the downside to some of it is like sometimes things get said that aren't fair. It may be that like Rob reads that in the paper and was like in the paper. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, although Rob is quaint enough that he might just like the the ink stained fingers. Um, and we'd be like, nobody's putting Kurt Rambis on the coaching staff. That's not nobody's doing that. But it's because of the way they operate. And because it's LA and the way that it's, it's not crazy because they don't make it clear that things like that are crazy. So yeah. if they're not, if you don't make it clear that something isn't crazy, then we're left to believe that it might not be. And there's right. just, that's the only alternative there. Uh, should we hit the finger pointing quote before we go? Yeah. And, and we don't, we don't have to unpack all of it, but I feel like it's the kind of thing people should know so that we can just jump right in with a high efficiency on Friday. Um, so Eric uh, has a piece that is, you know, like a, a look at, you know, what what lies ahead for the Lakers, what's coming next, all that sort of stuff. And you know, there's different things like LeBron's future, you know, AD's future, Russell Westbrook, but also just what do the people in charge, like at least the front office people in charge at the top. You know, is there going to be change? How are they, how do they assess what's going on? And and Eric said that he does not think uh, there's going to be a whole lot of changes at the top. Like he's not anticipating mm. anything like that. But there's one paragraph that jumped out at us. The buzz around the league suggests that general manager Rob Palenka has another year to get the Lakers back on track. The blame internally appears to be focused on injuries, Russell Westbrook, and LeBron James for pressuring the team to trade for Russell Westbrook. That, Brian, does not feel like accountability season. No, no. You may remember, Andy, uh, on Wednesday's show when I expressed some degree of concern that the Lakers might learn the wrong lessons from asking themselves about how good they were, would have been had people not gotten hurt. Let's just say this little nugget here from Eric, who, as we have said many times, is as careful a writer and reporter, I think, as as there is in the NBA in terms of how he phrases things, yep. 
yep. and not trying to be hot takey. Mm-hmm. I did not like that <laughs> sentence. Well, it was okay. not comforting. We're going to break down more of this. So let's, you know what? Let's earmark more of it for mm. Friday's show. Yes, but it's important to leave people with a horrible sense of dread <laughs> yeah. as you sign off. But with that idea of, again, the blame internally appears to be focused on injuries, Russell Westbrook and LeBron James for pressuring the team to trade for Westbrook. As I retweeted out with that quote, sure, Palinka, the Rambi, and Genie were all obviously strongly against getting Russ. But once LeBron entered the facilities wearing a vest filled with explosives and threatened to blow the place sky high unless they made the deal, what can you do? <laughs> like, this notion that LeBron pressuring the team to make this deal, which we both think did happen. Mm-hmm. But the idea that, A, it was only LeBron's pressure that made this happen, and B, that LeBron's pressure automatically means it has to happen? Let's just say, Brian, there's a lot to discuss from that. I do not agree with that. (laughs) Um, All right, so Locked on Lakers on YouTube, where you can see my incredulous face uh, when when these quotes are are read. Um, Yeah. A lot. It's gonna be a spicy offseason. I mean, I, it's mm-hmm. gonna, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed that it happens as fast as it has, for all kinds of reasons. But you know, the, the nuts and bolts and the guts of this is gonna be real interesting. So, uh, locked on Lakers on YouTube. We'll see everybody on Friday.